Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. But you have to wait to the end to get the rest of the picture. Yeah. So the reason that was Pete just got in my ear. He said that's a tease. That is a tease. Right there, people are like I'm aroused. They might <laughs> be fast forwarding to the end right now. Oh, you arouse me. You know that it is week one of the NFL season. Oh well, yes, I was fully aroused last you know, yesterday on yeah. Sunday. Okay, more aroused than talking to you. Who wouldn't be? Who wouldn't be though? No, it was awesome. It I was mean, cool. What'd you do? Where were you sitting yesterday? So I was at home, right? And it doesn't often happen where the the kids and the the wife will let me watch football for yeah. the whole day, but they did. Yeah, they understood good. how important this day was to me, my job what I do for a living. And so they did. I mean, the kids were asking me questions. and But my daughter's four years old right now. She was into it. She was into it. She was watching. Yeah. Cool. So cool. I think we have a young football fan. All right. That's good. Yeah. I mean, they got it is part of your life. Yes, and I know. They of course, they're going to interrupt. So that's I just know. the way it is. But, but you're cool. here. You're in the building. Yeah, I'm here. It was you good, You ditched your family. It was awesome to see football. It is. It's always sad to leave that first Sunday, though. I'm so used to being there. You know, yeah. Sunday's such a family day. And you're like, ah, damn, okay, kids, see you later. I'll uh, see you later tonight and whatever, say goodnight, and then they go to bed. But awesome day of football. I don't care. It was a little weird at first, just like Thursday night without any fans in the crowd, anything like that. But, man, oh, man, we saw some good QB play. I think a little bit of what I said on the podcast last week, proven commodities, top-tier quarterbacks, teams that had less change, I think you saw for the most part that kind of – Held true, mm-hmm. you know. Maybe other than the Cardinals 49ers game, you know, which was a shocker in a lot of ways, right. but uh, it was a good day. Where you want to start, big guy? So we got we got a lot. Yeah. You know, I always pride myself on this Monday. We hit every game. Yeah. So we're gonna talk about every game. All right. Cool. Every team that played uh, yesterday, we're gonna talk about them. So we're gonna have a little deep dive, which you do best. So we'll deep dive on Tom Brady. We'll deep dive on Cam Newton. Uh, the new Tom Brady in New England. Yep. We'll do a little self-scout thyself with some games where maybe some things happen that were unexpected. Right. That, that you have seen differently, but maybe now you're you're perhaps changing your opinion a bit. Sure. Uh, there's some damn okays we got to give out. Some players who made us go, damn, okay. okay. Uh, and then victory lap. We got to give you, because if we're going to do self-scout thyself, we have to give you a victory lap. And those are players or teams that proved you right well yeah but you got to do the victory lap i'm like not we would never make you yes my would, own victory 100%. lap okay right, we would never make, make you sure. do that okay uh, yeah you, i need we, you to pat me on the back and then i can <laughs> pat me on the back too <laughs> right right you don't have you don't have the ego that yeah that's at least what we're trying to say um so we'll do that and then uh we got give me the headlines with a couple other games and then at the end if we have time time yeah, permitting right i'm going to give you my uh top pick power rankings okay so here's like who i think is in a really strong position yeah i like to get that. that number one pick sure 
Um, so oh, we'll you're going to give that top. Okay, yeah. got you. Okay. Top, yeah, top pick power ranking. Okay, okay, He's like really it. dominating like for it. that top pick right now. Okay, cool. Because some teams out there really made a strong they case. May, well, they, and some probably confused you a little yesterday, too. Yes, yes. exactly. So we'll yeah. do that at the end. But let's start out with a film deep dive. Yep. And we'll start with Tom Brady. Right. Against uh, the Saints, he got the added advantage of a uh, you know Superdome. He had no fans there, so he figured, oh, that may make it a little easy. Unfortunately, you still have to go against the Saints defense, yes, which exactly. is very, very good. Yep. Uh, numbers for Tom Brady at the end were 23 of 36, 239 yards, couple touchdowns, couple bad interceptions. Yeah, uh, did have a rush touchdown. So I think overall, you hear a lot of people talking. They say, ah, it was pretty lackluster for for Tom yeah what'd you think well I mean yeah I, I, when you just look at the results of the game his stat line you'll sit there and go well it wasn't that special and, and it wasn't I'm not going to try to sugarcoat it in any way but I, I do think we need to be a little realistic about the situation it is a new team it is a lot of new moving parts the best player on offense in Mike Evans wasn't hundred percent you know you mentioned it's a Seattle I mean a, a New Orleans Saints defense that's the real deal especially up front so you know, from that aspect, when you have no running game to go along with it, and then not that the pass protection was horrible, but I wouldn't sit there and say after watching the game back on film that it was great to, okay, there was some issues there that were greater than Tom Brady, I guess is what I'm saying. But I think here's the thing I would ju- that jumps out to me more than anything. I thought right away, almost as soon as I started the film, I could see like, oh, they're trying to run some Tom Brady, New England-type plays to get him in rhythm. Shorter passes, similar concepts to what I always saw in New England to kind of get him going. So you're seeing the try to like the infusion of, okay, here's what Brady likes, and then Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich and what they do and how that works together. I think some of that is still probably new to Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich, some of that aspect of like Tom Brady's game. So they have to get used to that. But you could see they're still trying to work on blending that together all right so I think that's the first thing that jumped off to me the other thing that jumped off to me just purely from Brady's play again they took the Saints were aware of who they were playing a quarterback I'll, I'll say this again early on in the game you could tell there was moments that the Saints were like no you're not going to throw over the middle you're not going to go to Gronk over the middle we're not going to let you throw to Chris Godman for six yards over the middle you're going to have to find somewhere else to go with the football and I think that caught uh uh, Tampa Bay's offense off guard a few times where the Saints did some some different things. They doubled Gronk yeah. or doubled Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And I don't know if the Bucks were sure that was going to happen. So I think that threw a little wrinkle into some of Brady's go-to plays and things he thought maybe would be there and the Bucks thought would be there throughout the day. I think that's the biggest thing that jumped out to me more than anything. Yeah, Gronk not really involved. No. He had three targets, two catches, 11 yards. Mike Evans, just the one catch, was a touchdown, which was a really good throw from it Tom was. Brady. And, and watching this game, yeah. I kind of was trying to compare him with Drew Brees, with Phillip Rivers. Yeah. Kind of like the old quarterbacks. Sure. They, what do they have left? Right. And if you ask me honestly, and I don't, I don't know if you agree, yeah. I would have taken Tom Brady over those other two. I, I, think, I, I think the ranking is Tom Brady, for as many throws as he may have missed, right. he made some really nice yes, he throws. Did. He's still got a great arm. Tom Brady, I would go Phillip Rivers right. and Drew Brees in that order. I, I, I mean, the way it looked yesterday, I would totally agree with you. And I know we'll hit on the Saints offense and all that too, but yeah. you're, I mean, you're right in a lot of ways. Brady physically, the way the ball comes out of his hands and the amount of force he can still put on the ball – with, not a lot, with people around him and maybe he can't really get his body into it, it's still very impressive. It really is. Now, you hit on Gronk. 
Mm-hmm. Gronk did not look good. I'll just say that. And I know it's week one, and he's getting back into things too. So I'm not trying to judge, but I'm just telling you, for a guy that sits here and watches film all the time, man, did he look slow. Man, did he look like he couldn't lift his legs off the ground or do anything from that aspect. And man, did it look like he lost a little power in the run block game too. So that's something I'm going to watch out for. Other thing is, I do think I saw a little bit, again, of a few moments where I would go, man, Tom, just stand there and throw the ball. The guy's open down the field. In fact, one of the first plays right after his first interception, they come out and they have a concept that's like two under routes and Gronk on a corner route. The coverage would tell you to alert yourself to the Gronk on the corner route. They don't cover him. He's wide open. I mean, it's going to be a 40-yard gain before somebody even touches him. And Brady was already getting the ball out of his hand. So I saw a few of those moments. There was another play even later on, about maybe 10, 12 plays later. Similar concept, same type of thing. So, again, I know this is early on. I'm not trying to overjudge you. I'm overjudge. I'm just trying to give it a broad look right. of things that I saw that um, I think – were concerning as far as just what I saw on that side of the ball. Now, are there positives? Of course there was. You said it. Brady, Brady's arm looked great. I do think that the offensive line, pass protection-wise, was probably better than I thought it was going to okay. be. Um, the run blocking and the run game itself. Yeah, what did you think of that? Because I thought Ronald Jones, he had a, one, a couple of really nice runs. Yeah. He looked explosive. Right. Like, I saw the highlights of the game, and I was like, wow. He looks pretty good. Right. And then come to find out in every other run, he averaged about two yards Yeah, there wasn't much there. Exactly right. Yeah, and it was. It was basically down to that one carry. But it's hard to really tell what Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette were because their offensive line was pushed around in the run game. I think, quite honestly, that's just the, the, the that's if you break it down. And I'm not shocked by that. Yeah. The Buccaneers are not famous for their running attack. Now, I think it's something they're going to have to get better at, especially with a quarterback who's not mobile. And if you want the play-action pass to work, and Brady's so good at that, they're going to have to continue to kind of knock their head on the wall there. So let me throw this in. This is from Justin Sandhu. He said, how much differently did Arians call the game compared to a game against the Saints last year when they had Jameis Winston? Yeah, I think it was a little less aggressive. I think it was a little bit more of like, let's try to be surgical. Let's try to get a lot, you know, let's get Tom get us into second and fours. Which in the first drive looked awesome. Which was awesome. He came out of the gates in that first drive. I was like, wow. No doubt. I mean, he hits that corner route to Godwin. He sits in the pocket, makes a great throw there. The pace, everything. He looked great. Great. It really did. But I think there is, you know, maybe a lack of uh, just a little less aggressive. I think a little bit more of like, hey, I think we could go on sustained drives with Brady and company. And they were off their game a little bit, let alone. Again, this is where I like the Saints defense. I don't always sit there and just go, oh, my gosh, it's so talented. They're big and physical up front so they can stop the run. But where I really like defensive coordinator Dennis Allen is when they play big games, he'll do shit you don't you're not ready for. And. You know, they were smart in not over-blitzing Brady, not letting him have opportunities to go, oh, here's the blitz, now we're outnumbered in the secondary and he's going to find the right guy or the right hole in the zone blitz coverage. They kind of did the opposite. Blitzed every now and then, but for the most part, it was rush four, rush three, take away some of the passing lanes where we know Brady likes to attack. And I thought that caused some hiccups for uh, the Tampa Bay offense in general. And, and again, we can't underestimate the fact that Mike Michael Evans was not 100%. Yeah. And that's why I think we got to And be, you have Marshawn Lattimore. And Marshawn Lattimore yeah. against him, right? And I think trouble. we got to just see that offense when he's totally healthy first because again, the success of that offense, the the value, you can't quantify what Mike Evans does for it just on stats. He opens up a lot of things. He changes the way defenses have to play. 
and he was out there, you know, only here and there and spotty play altogether. And of course, that was a big, you know, uh, big guy missing for that offense. The one pick six he threw was he was going for Justin Watson. He threw it after he made his yeah. break there. So just waiting a second too long. The familiarity with the receivers is not there. And I, right. I feel like that he'd love to have that one back, obviously, but yeah. I don't think that'll happen. Many times. I, I wouldn't think so either. Now, what's going to happen to Brady is, and this would be, and again, I, you know, I know people are probably going to think I sound like a hater. Brady's going to be asked to be like, hey, we're not going to scheme everything up for you, and you're just going to be so smart and read defenses and know where to go the ball that there's always going to be somebody open to dissect the ball. That's not the way Bruce Arians and, and you know, Jameis Winston or Bruce Arians' offenses ever work. Sometimes it's just like, hey, that guy's one-on-one. Mm-hmm. You need to throw a laser in there. And he's going to be asked to do that more than he's ever been asked to ever before in his life. Now, that's pick six play. Let's talk about yeah. both picks, uh, interceptions. By the way, the third straight game with a pick six for Tom Brady. Damn. One away from tying the record held by Matt oh, Schott. because he had one in the Dolphins game. Yeah, and the regular season last year, and then he had the Ryan, the Logan last play of the game against the Titans so, in the wild yeah. game. So how worried is he? Uh, is Matt Schaub right now? Well, he's got to be shaking. Go he's got to be freaking out right now. <laughs> it's a little different, okay? <laughs> but the play you're talking about, the pick six. Let's hit on that right away. First off, it's a screen to the left. You heard Bruce Arians already say it was a bad read, hmm. let alone a bad throw that you mentioned. I do think it was a bad read. You know, what happens sometimes in the screen game, a lot of the smart offenses have like, okay, we're going to throw a screen to left, but they've outnumbered us over there before the snap, and you know it doesn't look good for the screen, right? Just like the bunch of fuckers rule. Damn, there's a bunch of fuckers over there. Doesn't look like we should go over there, okay? I mean, that's sometimes how you just you have to break it down. Yeah. This was not one of those. And, yeah, they have these get out of jail, like, hey, there's a bunch of fuckers over there. Throw this single route over here one-on-one with this guy. Now, he had the screen to the left, he also had the look to throw that out route to the right he side. Did. He yeah. did. He, he had open. it. I don't think he was coached to throw that out route into that look. But nonetheless, it was there. It wasn't like it was this egregious, like, dumb thing. But he was a little late. He took a little extra gather step before he threw it. And this should be a three-step drop. When you're in the shotgun, it should be one step and throw it because you're in the shotgun. So by the time the ball gets to you, if you're underneath the center, that would be two steps, right? So when you're in the shotgun, everything has to happen quicker. He is late getting the ball there, and then he throws the ball four feet behind him. Interception, pick six. Mm-hmm. Other interception, you want to break that down? That was a Mike Evans over the middle. Mike Evans Mike over Evans the middle. Mike Evans stopped. Right. And I want, to, I want to know this one here. like Because Arians, again, said Mike Evans was right. I, Mike Evans made the right read. He wish yeah. he bent it in more. I, I, I'm interested to see what Bruce Arians says today after they watch the film a little bit. Because to me uh, – Regardless, let's just talk about the route itself. It looked like it was a tough defensive look. I don't know if Brady and Mike Evans were on the same page of, is it two safeties or one safety? You saw where he was running that, they call it like a pop slant, a pop post. Play action, come up. Instead of a three-step slant, it's a five-step slant, right? So you just get a little more depth behind those linebackers hoping they come up into the run fake, right? So if there's two deep, I would think you would go and split the middle. If there's one safety there, you're not going to split the middle, right? Because the one safety's there. So then you bend it in to try to find a hole underneath the linebackers, right? In between the linebackers with the linebackers underneath. They gave a weird defensive look. I think Brady was right in his read. We'll see. I want to hear Bruce because Bruce will probably tell us today in the coaching uh, uh, press conference because he just – that's what he does. He tells the truth. Um, But regardless – 
whether it was the right right read or not, Brady just threw the ball, and the Saints weren't fooled by it. The yeah. weak side linebacker never came up with the run fake. He kind of went with the receiver from the get-go. The safety on that side never got real wide. Whether Evans stopped or not, yeah, it wasn't good, but it wasn't going to be completed no matter what. Maybe Mike Evans would have got a hand on the ball and the ball popped in the air and it didn't get intercepted or something like that. But I think them being off page there and then Brady feeling a little bit pressure, and again, he's in a new offense. I think in New England, he might feel that pressure and be like, oh, wait, here's a guy to get the ball out. Oh, I got it. You know, I got, I got hit, but I got the ball out and we didn't lose any yards. I think with this one, he just went, oh, there's Mike Evans. Let me just try to throw it up and give him a chance. Interception, bad thing happened. Just unfortunate that way. But that's a part of them working out the kinks. Could also give Brady some credit for uh, the four defensive pass interferences that were uh, that No were doubt. 101 yards. Yep. There. Took some shots. Doesn't show up in the box score, as no like doubt. to say. There is um, value to that. There's some value going downfield. Definitely. So he was able to do that and able to connect a couple times downfield. He so. was. Uh, all in all, it seems like not terrible for, uh, for Tom Brady, although we should talk about the team that actually won this game. Uh, the Saints, because I don't, they scored 34. Elvin Kamara had some big plays. Drew Brees didn't all, uh, look all that dynamic. Taysom Hill came in for a couple plays. Yeah. They scored 34. I don't know quite how they did that, but well, they defensively scored, they were, yeah. they were right. awesome. They got 14 points from their defense, yeah. basically, right? I mean, you know, the, both, both interceptions that led to 14 points. And, and again, I don't care how, like, choppy the Saints offenses you give them a short field enough times I mean Breeze and Sean Payton they're going to find a way to put a few plays together to get points eventually there wasn't pretty by the Saints it really was not the offense was concerning let me just say the Bucks did a lot of what the Saints did to the Bucks the Bucks did it to the Saints they basically in a lot of a lot of scenarios were like oh no no we, you're going to go right over the middle to Michael Thomas oh you're going to go short to Alvin Kamara and they took that shit away mm-hmm. and you could see then it became, okay, now where are you going to go with the ball? Are you going to make a big throw outside the numbers down the field? They don't have that element. I think it's a little scary that we're talking about that week one. I'm a little concerned with it. Well, some uh, of the numbers here, and you know what? I always yeah. like to look at the air yards downfield because I think it's, it's a measurement that speaks to some of the things you're talking about here and teams not feeling willing to go downfield and stretch the field. Maybe they feel like they can't with Drew Brees. But his average air yards on completed passes just 3.2 yards yeah. tied for the last in the league. Yeah, well, it's first all, week. You, all you had to do is watch the game. There's only two passes that went down the field. They were both to Jared Cook. One was a busted coverage. Another one was like a corner route he threw. It was a good play design versus the perfect coverage. But that, to me, is concerning that we're already talking about that when we So I wonder one. how much more we'll see Taysom Hill come in. Oh, well, I know. Taysom Hill, just to th- add that in, he had a, a rushing attempt at one point where he dropped back to throw the ball. He had it. He had a post for a touchdown if he wanted. I don't know what he saw. Now, there you go. You get lack of reps. Sometimes you see ghosts and things like that. He ended up running and scrambling for a bunch of yards, but he did have it from that aspect. But, yeah, I think that's something that jumped out to me. The Bucks are a tough matchup for the Saints because the Saints offense right now, with Breeze not being in his prime anymore, it is based around their ability to beat you up in the run game and physically dominate you up front. You're not going to do that to the Bucs. So the Bucs were able to go, we'll play safe coverages. We don't need to put an extra guy down there. Our front seven's big as shit here. We're not going to like be intimidated by this great New Orleans offensive line. And that caused some issues for the Saints too because therefore they couldn't really get the run game going. They couldn't get anything off of that going because the Bucs weren't going to buy it because they felt good about Sue and Vita Villa and Golston and JPP and Shaq Barrett stopping the run by themselves. All right, so the uh, the Saints get the win. They don't look all that great, but, I mean, good enough. First uh, 
first week of the season. And I think, too, they never look good early in the year. You got to give you them some You can look at them the last every, three years. Sure. It's been like chop, last year they were this close to going 0-2 to start the year. I mean, this is kind of the way they are. They find out how they want to play, and they start to put it together, and Sean Payton will find the right formula for the year that works for them. But, you know, all in all, the Bucks team – it does have potential. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just going to be, yeah, can they continue to find ways to kind of make that Brady-Arians offense cohesive? And they got to run the football a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. They really do. That's going to be big for them. The Saints, I'm not as concerned about them, but I just think after watching yesterday, there's my last thing I would say. They got to play Deontay Harris more. That would be the first, they got to get him the ball. They don't, they need, they need another home run hitter on the offense. You know, when they were great with the Ted Ginn, right? And some of those guys, like, they need that type of guy to take a little pressure off the offense every now and then. And right now, like, Emmanuel Sanders is a really good, well rounded receiver, but he's not a deep threat at this point of his career. Yeah. You know, he's really the only guy I look at to go, he could catch a screen or a slant or run by somebody and it could just be one play where everybody else is part of the system and the culture and how they built the team. So an interesting question will be, yeah. who will win more games, Tom Brady's current team or Tom Brady's old team? Tom Brady's old team already won up on uh, Tom Brady's new team. Yep. Patriots got a win over the Dolphins, 21-11, to although it was close late. That game was in the balance. Um, didn't know which way it was going to go. Dolphins uh, had fought. no business being there. Yeah. I mean, it is there. You're right. Yeah. It it is it is 14 to three, and the Patriots are having their way, and then Keel Harry fumbles on the one foot yard line right through the one end foot, zone. Through the end Which zone. Which I don't understand that rule. Okay, That's let's never get made into this. Sense to me, what? Well, let's get into this it seems because like the penalty for fumbling through the end zone it totally outweighs what it should. Like, give well, the ball back to the team, but give them at the one yard line or something. like you that. You give the ball back to the team? Like, yeah. Well, well, that fumbled. Because if you fumble it out of bounds anywhere else, you get the ball back. Okay, but there's one problem. That other area you're talking about where he fumbled it, that's like my territory. And you've lost the ball in my territory. Therefore, it's mine. No, if you're past the 50, you're technically in the other team's territory. No, no, that end zone is purely mine. I'm defending you not to get into that end zone. That is like, that's North Korea, all right? And you lost the ball there. Then Kim Jong-un gets it, and now it's their ball. Sorry. But then you also have the rule you can't fumble it forward and get the ball spotted at that spot, right? You can't fumble it forward, right? Like well, 10 yards, no. and it goes out of bounds. You take it back to where you fumbled it? Well, yeah, yes, you can. Well, certain, under two minutes, that'll happen. Yeah. Uh, in, oh. Or if you recover your own fumble, you can advance it that way. Right. Um, if it's just a fumble that naturally happens, you can advance it. If a guy fumbled at the 20 true, and they fumbled true. at the 10, you, the guy, if the offense covers it. But, like, there, at the end of the game, back. you can't fumble it. No, like the holy roller, forward. the old yeah. Chargers-Raiders play. You cannot do that and kick it and it fumble it and do all like that. It just seems like the penalty is too severe. Well, but, but how can you say the team that fumbled it and makes the mistake, like, hey, guys, you're bad, but here you go. Here's the ball again. <laughs> Take another shot at the end yeah. zone. Yeah, well, it made the game more interesting, that's it did. for sure. It did. Uh, but, and it didn't even need Sorry, to be more interesting. Sorry, I didn't mean to get us off no, track. No, that was good. All right, good. Uh, I'm glad Are you we buy, got that out. you buy into That's one of the today? rare times where we've gone toe-to-toe right yeah. there. And yeah. we'll have to have Pete decide who won that, because I might have won that. Uh, <laughs> Pete says Chris is wrong. Right, he's, he's on, on the side. side of Florio. You're on the side of Florio, too, <laughs> so go ahead. You guys, uh, you die on that hill. Well, all right? we're all on the side of Cam, because he's super fun to watch. 15 to 19, 155 yards passing. But, more importantly, had 75 yards on the ground, two rush touchdowns, 
So Pete looked it up. Brady's last 43 games with the Patriots. He had 66 total rushes for 75 yards. So <laughs> That's Cam matched it in, in one game. He just – this is what strikes me about Cam. Yeah. When you have him yeah. healthy on your team, you, will, you have a chance. You will probably beat teams that are as good or worse than you. Like teams that you should beat – with Cam Newton, you will be. You usually beat. He just well, he gives your team that confidence. I mean, you can kind of see it the way they rallied around him yesterday. You could see the team really likes him. And, you know, I know they like Tom Brady and all that too. It's just a different energy with Cam Newton. But it's something I've always said. When Cam Newton's in your locker room, the whole team sticks their chest out. And they're like, we're good. You see that guy? He's our quarterback. The Patriots have been impressed with his leadership. Yes. It's all they talk about is his work ethic, his energy, his leadership. He's special that way. Anybody I've ever talked to has always said that. How many Patriots on that team or that staff would say that he's a better leader right now than Tom was? Well, or is I, it just different? I think he's more relatable right now, probably in the locker room, to a guy like Tom. What I was always told is like here the last few years, Tom would really only, it was like he talked to Julian Edelman and Gronk, and that was it. Everybody else, I mean, not that he was like a jerk or he's, Tom's a very nice person and always like welcoming. But I don't think he was like going out of his way. Yeah, I don't think he was like, hey, Jacoby Myers, what are you doing tonight on a yeah. Friday night? You know, it was really only going to Julian and Gronk. Cam, from everything I've heard, like everybody's involved, you know, and he just he's can be he can come in the locker room and be young and silly and and, you know, dance to some music like you saw in the pregame. And yeah. they're not used to that kind of culture up there. So it's different for them, especially at the quarterback position. But just to hit on the game right off the bat. I mean, where do I want to start here? I guess the first thing I start with is just the Patriots themselves. Here we go. Oh, we got a new toy. Look at all the ways we can fuck you with it. I mean, that's really what it is. I'm sorry. You know, but just right off the bat. Did they do things? Because we, we went up to the whiteboard. Yeah. And you drew out all the different ways they could utilize Cam. They did a lot of that, right? You saw the quarterback keep it. The guards pull. Yep. The running back follow up in the hole. You saw the fake speed sweeps a bunch, right, with guys going different ways. Now, Josh was McDaniels it, took out the Tim Tebow playbook. He, well, yeah, right. That's what everybody says. But this is where they're going to be dangerous. You know, one – like I've been saying all along, their personnel set really fits this offense. It does. They want to, Their offensive line's healthy. That looks good. So they played really well. But I think overall, this is where they become master Jedis up there in New England. They, their personnel sets, the formations, the movements before the snaps are all so confusing, let alone, oh, no, now we have Cam Newton and he can do four different things on this play out of this formation. And the defense is going, oh, no, what do we do? What do we defend? And that's what's scary about New England. Because New England, like a Kyle Shanahan, they expose rules of defense. And if they start to get in the feel of, oh, you're going to play this against this formation all the time? Oh, well, watch this. Oh, Cam runs to the right and nobody touches him. He just walks in for a touchdown. Because they knew, oh, you're going to line up in this. We've seen it already a few times this game. we got to play for that. Oh, great. Yeah, you want to overcommit to where we can't throw the ball over here. Or you think you're going to play man-to-man and have two extra guys to spy Cam Newton. You don't think fucking New England was ready for that? So they had run game and run concepts ready to stop those type of defenses. And that's where I think just the first thing right off the bat was the amount of formations, personnel sets, and then the pre-snap movement with Cam Newton, let alone, okay, now we'll start to dive into what Cam Newton did. So this from being Shuja yeah. says, is it surprising to see the Patriots not protect Cam from being hit more? 
Yes, know. that I will say. Deadly, yeah. I was not expecting all that running from Cam right off the day. One thing we saw yesterday is quarterbacks running a lot, though. We did. I mean, Lamar, Cam. Kyler. Kyler, Russell Wilson. Josh Allen. Josh Allen. All five guys led their team in rushing. All five. So, I mean, I would have never guessed that. And, yeah, I would have not have guessed New England would have run that many times. My, if I was just going to make sense of that right there, I would say it's week one. They knew this was their greatest advantage. They knew that Miami could not possibly prepare for what they were going to do with Cam. And I think it was just a good way to, like, let's catch everybody off guard. Let's get off the schneid, get the week one victory, do what we got to do. Hey, Cam, protect yourself, yep. protect your throwing shoulder, don't take on hitters, things like that. And now they're going to have all the plays off of it. Right to where now next week they play Seattle. Seattle's going to overcompensate for all these run plays, and I guarantee New England's going to already be thinking, wait, so Seattle's going to see us do this. They're going to do this to stop it, and now we got to have what are we going to do off of that to, comp- you know, uh, what do I want to say? Compound, not Take compound. The, uh, no. uh, nah, I don't know what I'm saying. Compensate maybe for it. That's what I was trying to go with there. I don't even know if that makes and, sense. I mean, either. and for the Patriots too, you want to keep him healthy throughout the whole season, but it's a one-year deal for a sure. You might as well use him, right? If it goes well, you're going to want to bring him back, obviously. Yeah, right. But you might as well use him, see how it, how it works there. It did seem like he had a pretty good connection with Julian Edelman with uh, seven targets, had five catches, 57 yards, because that's the question coming in, yeah. right? Like, okay, if Cam's going to run, okay, what if you can devise a plan to take away the run? Yeah. Are there enough other weapons out there where that offense can still be dynamic? Yeah, I, I do think so because, again, here's, the, here's the, the quantification of Cam Newton. You know, okay, yeah, the run game's not working. You're going to have to play defenses that are going to be so egregiously to stop the run game. You're going to get, like, like beginner's-level coverages in the pass game. And you saw yesterday. I mean, just about every throw he made was – like, even the incompletions, he went, mm, it was in a good spot. It was a safe throw. Smart. Other than one, maybe, where he got hit as he was throwing that almost got intercepted. I think everything other than that, I looked at it and went, appropriate ball. You know, ooh, he saw the all-out blitz, threw it off his back foot. So he found Julian Edelman over the middle like New England does because they put you in the bind with that run game. And then, you know, uh, and Keel Harry, you saw him jump up. Yep. little tight end play here and there. But it's really about the bind that Cam Newton and Josh McDaniels have combined to screw you over with. That's what it's really doing. So, okay, formations, yeah, motions, all these things. All these things we got to worry about. Oh, we got to worry about being outnumbered in the run. We got to worry about Cam Newton getting on the edge and then tossing the ball on the option. We got to worry about Cam Newton giving the ball in the speed sweep so they can spread you wide, spread you wide, spread you wide. And then it's, oh, bam, Cam up the middle, Cam up the middle. Other running back up the middle. Oh, wait. He didn't run up the middle. It's a play-action pass. Julian Edelman's behind us. I mean, that's where he really stresses you out, let alone New England knows the right concepts to always figure it out there. Yeah. And that's where I'm going to be interested to see how they attack teams attack New England going forward because most teams want to play man-to-man against these type of offenses. And most of the time you can get away with it because, like I said before, let's just match up man-to-man. We'll have our front four, and then our two linebackers are kind of – They'll spy Cam. One will take the running back. The other one's got Cam, right? But when you're playing man-to-man like that, all of a sudden a shift and a motion happens, and the back switches to you. You were the guy that was supposed to cover Cam. Now the back came over to you, and you got the back, and the other linebacker's got Cam. And now there's a speed sweep going on, and you're going, oh, go, I got to go this way. And then, oh, no. But then the other element of this is so they can screw you up in the run game because of all the movement, 
and things you're doing, you're supposed to have the D gap, but you're supposed to cover the tight end. Oh wait, this wide receiver knocked me down and now you know the, the tight end went around me and blocked the linebacker. They have so many creative ways, but this is the biggest thing, I'm sorry I'm blabbering, is New England now, and this is where they're special, they have all the Tom Brady man-to-man beaters in their pass game too. So, oh, you want to play man-to-man and outnumber the box and do this? Okay, well, we're New England. We have 97,000 ways to pick you in yeah. man-to-man. The question was how you. Cam was going to be able to execute those type right. plays. Seemed pretty accurate yes. in this game so far, just the four incompletions and the 19 passes. Yeah. He's had shoulder issues in the past. How did he look to you throwing the ball? I, 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 every ball I saw really came out of his hand clean. You know, and one of those incompletions was Julian Edelman right in his chest, way down the middle, and Edelman got hit after he caught the ball, and the ball popped up, and it was incomplete. But, yeah, I, I thought I saw the same motion I've always seen. If it looks any different from what we saw before the labrum surgery from two years ago, it's a little like I said last year before he was hurt again with the foot injury. It's a hair tighter with his arm. You know, he really keeps it real tight and a little closer to his body as compared to maybe it got out here back in the day. But overall, man, I just thought his placement of the football was uh, very fun to watch. I was very excited watching them. Yeah. To me, I mean, I think you could tell in my voice. But They're fun. They're, they're fun. fun. Like of, of top five players who have the most fun yeah. on the football field, Cam right. might be number one. Yes. It yeah. just looks like he's having a – the game's taken away from you for a couple of years. Maybe that adds to it, but – it just looked like he's having a ball out there. He, he is. And they're going to – not that he's Lamar Jackson and not as dangerous as that, but I think with the – want to tackle him. But, yes, exactly. He's still dangerous as a runner. And then coupled with New England genius, right, in the pass game and what they can do in the run game, I think you're going to see a lot of the same effects that Baltimore gets from other defenses. Again, you get defenses that sometimes you just go – I can't believe this defense is – they're playing this defense against an NFL football team. Like, they really but, – but you're, you're in a bind because you go, we got to stop something right. or we're not going to stop anything. And that leads to, okay, we got to put a little – one more egg into the stop the run game basket, but that means we're taking the egg out from the pass game. And, damn, there goes a wide-open receiver or whatever it may be. So, uh, they have a much tougher challenge ahead of them this week. Miami yeah. defense, though, is not a joke. You know, Shouldn't be. I mean, the secondary should be one of the best in the league. Man, they were good for the most part. You know, the, they didn't let up anything, like, egregious. You know, they had to play some defenses again and got picked a few times because of the Cam Newton factor and what McDaniels orchestrated on that side of the ball to where they couldn't even play man in some of the formations because they realized, man, we're going to get crossed up. They're going to pick us or it's tight splits and we can't bump them from there. So let's back off and play zone. Uh, New England's just next level with that type of thinking and how they, you know, get their guys off. Last thing. Yeah. We saw Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Normal, makes some good plays, but then – Three costly interceptions, yeah. one in the end zone late in the game. Right. Uh, are we on Tua watch? I, I mean, I think it's only a matter of time. You know, and, and you know, again, Fitzpatrick, we know what he is. Uh, the offense itself, I mean, why, it's part of the reason I picked New England to win the game. They, they know Shan Gailey's offense. You know, I, I just, I got to see more from this Dolphins offense. I, to me, that's the, the big thing, too. It's, it's not all that creative. Yeah, we know Fitzpatrick can make plays, but he can do what he did there. And, again, if we're going to be totally honest about this, too, I, I don't give a shit that Patrick Chung and Dante Hightower aren't there. I'm not trying to say that to disrespect them. This, they, got, they got a lot of – this is the best secondary in football. It's, it's no doubt about it. When you start to go across and go, whoa, 
J.C. Jackson and Gilmore, you could argue the best duo in football. J.C. Jackson is going to get paid to be one of the five highest paid corners after this year. You just mark that down, okay? He is going to be – I don't know if New England will be able to keep him because he's going to get paid like a superstar. Jonathan Jones at nickel, one of the better nickels in all of football. You talk about McCourty at safety who can also play corner. And then you bring in they have this Joe Jawan Williams, the second year out of Vanderbilt, who covers tight ends and this long freak. So, yeah, their front seven don't has, doesn't have household names. Belichick has started another trend. He's going to go, no, we're going to play through our secondary. Who the hell cares about my front seven? We'll lock you up. I'll do some different things in the back end every now and then. But then my front seven, we're going to have more guys moving around and doing shit, and you don't know who's a linebacker and who's – and that's where he confuses you. So, yeah. yeah, it might not be the most talented group, but schematically, he's Bill fucking Belichick. And as long as he has that secondary, he can make things interesting with that front seven. Uh, it's like he gets bored every once in a while. He's like, oh, maybe, maybe we'll try to win without Tom Brady. Now, let's do that. That'll be entertaining for me. Uh, so they did get their first uh, victory without Tom Brady. The yeah. Cam Newton era has begun with a victory. You kind of called that. You, know, you said that Cam would be good. Even before he was on a team, you called that. You, put, you made you. him a top 10 quarterback. One guy, you did not make a top 10 wide receiver. <laughs> he had a top off. 10 day. He did and go this off. this begins the self-scout-thyself section. Sure. Uh, I talked to Pete. we got to get like a little ditty for all these right. different segments, right? Yeah. If you want to sing them or if we want to tape them after we're done here, we can do that. But we've entered the self-scout thyself uh, portion of the podcast, and we begin with Devontae Adams. Woo, Green baby. Bay went off over 500 yards. Aaron Rodgers looked awesome. We'll get to him in a second. But let's start with Devontae yeah. because he had 14 catches, 156 yards, two touchdowns. Jay Burks, three, says, do you want to put Devontae Adams in your top ten now, so Kristen has pulled up your top ten ranks. Do you want to eliminate anyone after week one and put Devonte Adams well, back in there? Well, I, I think what I'm more like, <laughs> I'm 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 still a sh- like shocked by the backlash from this. I really am because <laughs> a lot of Devonte Adams fans. There really there, is, well, including Devonte Adams, who who, who definitely yeah. doesn't like me. And I think what I'm 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 more amazed by about anything is just like the guy's had one thousand yard season his whole career. Mm-hmm. And pe- I mean, and you couldn't. People would talk to me like I misplaced Jerry Rice in the top ten. Okay, <laughs> but either way, okay, he is a phenomenal route runner. There's, I can, I wouldn't be mad if somebody had him in the top ten. And yeah, the way it looked yesterday, you're right. I'm wrong. Okay, that's all I could say. He's phenomenal that way. Now, I mean, let's also take into account what we saw too. I mean, okay, the first touchdown pass, you know, it was a good catch, but is. I mean, I, I was more impressed with the scramble and 40-yard laser that was four feet off the ground that hit him in the chest for the touchdown. Yeah. You know, so let's take that into account, too, let alone, hey, I just like what I saw from Green Bay yesterday, being aggressive, throwing the football. My big thing with Devontae Adams, again, is just – and we'll watch this going forward. Everybody out there, anybody listening, and, and we'll have this dialogue. I don't care. We can talk, talk about this, and I'll shit on myself when this is all said and done, if I'm wrong. Yards after catch is my issue with him, and even 50-50 balls. Listen, I'm not going to be like, oh, my gosh, there's a guy running, and the ball falls in his two hands, and then you're going to go, oh, no receiver could do that. That's where I just think it's a hair overrated. But yesterday was awesome, yeah. and – if they can have a second receiver like Valdez Scantling do what he did yesterday, Devontae Adams is going to go off this year because it's going to take pressure off of him. 
So of the 156 yards, 40 were after the catch, Pete notes yesterday okay. for, for Devontae. I, I would say that's probably pretty good for him, really. He's yeah. not a yards after the catch type of receiver. And, I, I again, I like Devontae Adams. So sure. So I, how this was always going to go is – However good Aaron Rodgers is playing, that's the less credit you're going to give uh, Devontae Adams. But, I mean, realistically, Aaron Rodgers was awesome last year. What year Aaron Rodgers was that yesterday? It wasn't 2019. Yeah, right? No, Aaron it looked Rogers. different than yesterday. Arm looked back to like, I went, ooh, man, it's popping out of his hand. Other thing that I was impressed with, the way Rodgers looked. I thought last year he looked a little thin mm. and a little less pop in his legs. Yesterday. He had the quarantine 10. Well, he got into that like yoga that. and I'm going to be like stretch and do all that. I thought I saw a little more muscle on his body yesterday. And that, if I could talk to Aaron Rodgers, I would say, please keep that. Because your movement's so paramount to your game. Don't get into like, oh, I'm just going to get thin and lose weight and do that way. What happens to guys like that at that age, in my experience in the NFL, and yeah. around, you lose your muscle mass, you start to lose your explosiveness too, and then it, it really starts to go downhill. Maybe they drafted Jordan Love, he just started eating. But like, you just like, you know, like some people do, it's like, ugh, crap. But that was amazing <laughs> by Rodgers, nonetheless. 364 yards, yeah. four touchdowns. He had 12 incompletions, but I saw somewhere that seven of those were just kind of throwaways when no one was open. Sure. So he was just on on point. Now, we don't know how much of this is the, the Vikings' defense right now because well, they're going through so. a transition. Yeah. You know, Daniil Hunter, the secondary, is totally you know new. No doubt. Uh, Ngakwe didn't give any hurries in this game, right. unfortunately for them, so not an immediate impact there. And so a lot of it is Aaron Rodgers, I'm sure, but some of it could have been the Vikings' defense. No doubt. It's, it's, it's not going to be the same dominant Vikings' defense. It's, it is new parts. I think they're trying to play a few new di- different defenses. Rodgers just too smart, um, too smart, too great of a thrower. And I think Green Bay having a more aggressive approach in the passing game is going to change their team a little bit. I do. But on that surface, okay, and now no crowd noise, mm-hmm. and you're missing a Daniil Hunter, those are the games Rodgers can take over. It's just, there's just not enough guys that can contain him in the front four. And now they don't have a Linvel Joseph, or they don't have, you know, Michael Pierce, who they were supposed to get, but he opted out. So they're less than there. But the big problem of the day is not their defense. It's their shitty fucking offense. That's the biggest problem with Minnesota. Really? Oh, shit. I mean, I, Pete, you go back and look at the – hold on, I'll pull them. At the halftime at one point – I mean, they were like he had completed six passes, or he'd only thrown six. He was three for five at halftime. That's Kirk some, Cousins. Kirk Cousins. No, and that's going to be the big issue. The run first. They're, uh, they're the run, run first. first. Gary. Madison, Cook. Yes. Do they have enough in the passing game? You know, that Adam Thielen went off late. You went off it was, late. Were we nearing garbage time All numbers All of it there? was late. Yeah. All of it was late. And that's where, you know, again, the context that matters. Yeah, you're going to look at it and go, oh, yeah, Kirk Cousins was 19 for 25, 259. He must have played pretty well. None of it was in the competitive part of the football game. The game was over by the time they already started putting stats together. And that'll be something to look at going forward. Yeah, Gary Kubiak, when he was head coach of the Broncos, that was my concern there. They had a Super Bowl defense, and it was a special Super Bowl defense to where they could get it done. They don't have that here. Mm-mm. I don't think they can play this style of football and think they're going to be successful. That's, I have a real question uh, about that. Wondered if uh, Justin Jefferson could step right in, the rookie from LSU, and fill the shoes of Stephon Diggs. Two catches, 26 yards in the first game, so 
Not yet for uh, for that Minnesota no, offense. No, it's got to be more defense. versatility in the offense. And, and and Pete just got in my ear and just said he was 7-11 at the end of the third quarter. So mm. It was almost all the f- – And they yeah. were losing 29-10. to 10. Yeah, it was so, almost all fourth quarter so garbage you time go. coming back. Long yeah. throw to Adam Thielen, one of them. Uh, all right, so good for the Packers. Not so Straight good the for Packers. the Minnesota Way Vikings. Way to go, Devontae Adams. Way to go. De- Way to not go. in the top ten yet, no, but maybe no. one day. No, but I'll cop it up for him, and I, I hope he craps all <laughs> over my rankings. I, again, I don't hold these things personal. Yeah. I just try to do my best football-wise. Sometimes I think people think I, it's personal, though, and I want to be like – Well, what you do well is you yeah. want to be right. That's why you're doing yeah. these things. It's not to generate cl- – you want to be right, right at the end of the day, but – you know if you're not right, you're not going to try to defend it or argue No, it. I'm not going to go, go down and I flames. wasn't right. Yeah, right. Because you want to be right from that point forward at that point. Well, yeah. If you, you've been proven wrong, you don't want to be proven wrong, you know, for five years down Exactly. The road. Like, yeah. Like, get yeah. on the I right mean, side Von of history. Miller was the best defensive player in football until I saw Aaron Donald, and I said, he's the best <laughs> player. I didn't just go, no, Vaughn is always the best. He never changes. So that was one NFC North battle. The yeah. other one was Chicago Whoa, and Detroit. Oh, Self-scout thyself on Mitchell. Trubisky, Ooh. you were wrong. He was able to get it all back together. Although you've said the talent is there for him, talent is He's there. He's got to some mobility. We didn't see it basically until the fourth quarter. Um, RLZ54 says, "Please discuss your number 38 quarterback rank for Mitch Klutchbisky. <laughs> All-time <laughs> great performance versus the Lions. I, it was. It was great. I mean, great performance. Good for him. I mean, way to get off the Schneid there. Uh, it was ugly, uh, you know, as you said, the first three quarters." And, you know, of course, your Detroit Lions found ways to shoot oh themselves in the foot and do stupid stuff. Do you know, you know what it is? You, you hear people talk about, are we living in a simulation, where yeah. it's just like a computer simulation. You ever heard that before? There's, the best evidence of that is what has happened to the Detroit Lions basically every single season since they started playing football. Right. They lose games where it's almost impossible. Yeah, they do. What was, I think they were saying on the broadcast, 98% win probability in the fourth quarter when they were up 23-6. to six. Against the Chicago Bears, who had done nothing offensively. Right. And then you have DeAndre Swift open in the end zone on the second to last play of the game. And he, and he drops, just it. drops it. I know. And what, what were they up last year in week one? Do you remember that? Against Arizona. 24 to 6. It, it so this year's 23 to 6. I, like being a Lions fan, like people ask me in the future if they go, hey, what was it like living through 2020? What was that like? I'll say it was like being a Lions fan. <laughs> like everything sucked about I, it. I, was so, I haven't felt like that yeah, you after a sports game in a long time. Between the drop, between, you know, again, I think Matt Patricia getting in a – it was a tough spot with whether to go to that field goal for Prater where he missed it, but it yeah. ultimately gave the Bears the short field to let them go down and score too. That was a tough one, you know, because you're in between there. Um, Prater is a really good distance field goal kicker. Yeah. So you want to get those points on the board. But at the same time, you got to weigh and go, oh, their offense hasn't been doing much lately. Maybe we're just better off punting that. So I don't, I'm not mad there. That's just mm-hmm. a tough one. And then, of course, Matthew Stafford's interception. That hurt. That, yes, you guys were still in the lead, and that led to them taking the lead. It was like they were too conservative, and then uh, in the one time they got aggressive, they threw the interception. No, no doubt about it. And it just wasn't the moment to try to jam something in there at that point. Yeah. But, but uh, I didn't. I, yeah. my rant on the Lions. Uh, yeah. Obscured the fact that Mitchell no. Trubisky did it. He did do it. And I, I haven't watched the film of that yet. I, I really am sure. interested to see kind of what they did in the fourth quarter. Now, Detroit secondary got crushed. Got hurt. They got, got hurt, hurt, right? They, they didn't yes. have Akuda in the game. Yep. And they got a couple injuries late, and Trufant was out. Tavon um, uh, Wilson Coleman. got hurt, right? I think his knee, yeah, uh, the safety um, was in, uh, I think but so. Yeah, they, so they had, yeah, they had injuries in the yeah, secondary. And so right. they, they were beat up. 
That, that didn't hurt for Mitchell, but give him credit. No, uh, I mean, again, the one thing I liked is Trubisky let it go, and he made some high-level throws there in the fourth quarter. You know, whether it's Miller, even the one he's running to the left, I mean, that wasn't an easy throw into the back left corner of the end zone. He does have talent. Uh, to me, I know I'm going to watch that game and look at an underwhelming first few quarters, and it's not going to be about Trubisky anyways. It's going to be – their offense not being able to find a rhythm, still a lack of a running game, those type of things. But Wednesday when we do the pod then, I'll give you some more answers about what I saw. But I'm happy for Mitch Trubisky. That certainly will get everybody off his back for a little while here. And real quick, Adrian Peterson, that was cool. That That was cool to watch. That's insane. That was fun to watch. I don't even know what planet that guy's from. I just, Not this one. It's amazing. I know. And, and, like, really, he's nowhere near as explosive as he used to be but because he used to be off the charts explosive. Yeah. Um, but still, it just tells you, I mean, at this age, he's still able to stop, start, run through arm tackles, you know, explode to get, you know, 8- and 12-yard runs. Um, I, I st- I'll still stand by, but I said something on the show today. Adrian Peterson would be in that Chris Sims in-person Hall of Fame in my eight years in the NFL. What does that mean? Like, just like, <laughs> I was on the sidelines watching Minnesota, yeah. Adrian Peterson's second year, going, okay, we're all pros, but he's something above that. Like, we're all pros, but he's a Hall of Famer or an all-all-all-pro yeah. or whatever, but we're, he's moving at a different speed and is quicker and twitchier than the rest and of us And seeing it with my own eyes in person, is, I'm right. putting him in the in-person. In the in-person Hall, Hall of Fame. Fame. Right. Uh, so he's in there. I don't know if Philip Rivers is in there. He's another aging uh, former star. New team. We're going to self-scout thyself on the, uh, the overall Colts here, but uh, Phillip Rivers as well. Uh, Marcus H1991 throws this at you. The Colts lost to what appeared to be a team trying to tank for Trevor. Should I, as a Colts fan, overreact and assume that we're going to go 7-9 and nine this year? No, absolutely not. You know, again, let's, let's pump the brakes, all right? The game, the Jaguars had no business winning this football game. Like, zero. Zero, zero, zero. Now, fucking Phillip Rivers struck. Just like Matt Stafford struck for your Lions at the end of that game by throwing a stupid yeah. Matt Stafford interception. Phillip Rivers, the same thing. They blow, blew so many ways to win this football, this football game. It's unbelievable. Either, whether you talk about a missed field goal, you talk about they're driving down and it's fourth and two feet and they don't get it inside the five-yard line added with the two interceptions that were both stupid by Phillip Rivers. Listen, there's no other way to say it. The Colts lost it, and Phillip Rivers did his best to help them lose it along the way. He really did. They were clearly the better team on on the football field. The Jaguars were kind of incapable of doing a whole lot. He set them up with the short fields. He let them kind of get going. And, you know, to Gardner Minshew's credit, he never tried to force the issue or be stupid when they were being outplayed to where it compounded to, where, oh, now we're down by more. He was very efficient. You know, he moves around in the pocket well. And then, as you see, with 19 for 20, when the people are open, he just he doesn't miss. So he's, he's a slam-dunk thrower that way. I, I, really, uh, I really like that. But it Gardner doesn't really Minch- change my thoughts overall. Of the teams, yeah. yeah. I was Not just going to throw that Gardner Minshew threw an average of five yards in front of the first down marker lowest in the in the league so they were being very conservative but it worked yeah. that's all they needed to be total yards I mean the Colts almost had double I know total yards the Colts didn't punt in except, the game except I thought it was one time so it was they no didn't even punts. punt they didn't punt at all so that just that no tells punts. you that just tells you 
when you see a stat line like that and things like you, it just tells you one team did something wrong to let the other team back in the game or be in the game or whatever it may be. So, uh, yeah, this is part of the Colts. New team, new new parts. Got a few younger receivers and running yep. back. You lose Marlon Mack. You know, that stinks. Marlon, that does stink. But does. I'll tell you what, Hines looked really good. Really good. And I think he pairs up perfectly with Phillip Rivers, yep. right? Right. And Jonathan Taylor, I was looking up the uh, next-gen sprint speed. Yeah. He John- went off on one of them, he right? Went off- he was in the top ten a couple of times. So there was – there was that 35-yard catch, was the seventh fastest ball carrier of the week. Okay. And then he had just like a five-yard run, and normally you don't see that. Normally the fastest ball carriers are like ripping off 30-yard gains right. or 75-yard gains. His, the fourth fastest ball carrier of the week was him on a five-yard run. Yeah, I'm, I'm not shocked. I mean, he ran 4.39 at 230. I mean, he, he can fly. And mm-hmm. I, I think you'll just, you know, guys like him, I know we'll talk about the Ravens and, you know, J.K. Dobbins. I don't even think you've seen it all yet. There's still nerves. Yeah. You know, I'm in the NFL. You got jello legs and nervous legs and all that. But, uh, yeah, they're going to be fine without Marlon Mack. But, you know, the Colts are going to be sick with that one. It's totally sick. They outplayed the Jaguars. They were the better football team. But you turn the ball over uh, and you miss field goals and then you miss a fourth and foot, which I, that would be one I question. Like, you, you got Jonathan Taylor. I like Naheem yeah. Hines. He's really good. But, like, Jonathan Taylor's 230. Run him up the middle. Why are we running the guy that's 195 up the middle and Naheem Hines? Um, I, I, I don't get that. But, but either way, I, I don't know if my thoughts are changed on these two teams yet. Okay. All right. So that is the self-scout thyself. Uh, we had to be a little introspective. But yeah. now let's – you know what? It's time for – we actually do have a song for this one. It's time for Damn Okay. Damn. Damn. Okay. Okay. Damn. I'm okay. Yeah, no, I mean, yes. I'm okay. The legal gambleizing. Oh, baby. I am Chris Sims. I'm okay. Damn. Okay. Oh, yeah, damn. damn. Okay, so if you're watching on YouTube, you just saw me do a little ditty. Chris was bobbing his head as well. And I've thought of this, too. You know, you you often refer to our fans as the homies, yeah. the homie club. Right. You're 40 now. Yeah. I've been 40 for right. a little while longer. At what point do we have to retire some of this stuff? At what point do I have to retire moving like that? Yeah. And at what point, maybe, do you have to retire the use of the word yo or homies? Uh, well, it's not happening anytime soon, I can tell you that. <laughs> okay? I mean, uh, maybe I'll reevaluate as I get later into the 40s, but I know I'm riding yeah. at, at least till 45. It's more right? likely we take those words and make them, uh, you know... You bring them down. But, you know, that's, it's yeah. more likely that than we have to abandon them. And hip-hop is, like, part of our generation. I, don't, I mean, yeah. I feel like I'm always going to bob my head. and It'll be like bitching, right? It's yeah. like everyone will be, like, we'll be saying, you know, yo and homies 10 years from now, and the kids will be like, that's so old. I don't know why you're doing that. But uh, we like it. Damn okay. We like these players that stepped up. Let's do the Seattle game against Atlanta. Oh, can give my out a lot gosh. of damn okays in that one. We often do for Russell Wilson. But uh, Pete threw in a damn okay for Jamal Adams. Got gotcha. here. 12 tackles, one sack, two tackles for a loss. You know, Matt Ryan and that Falcons offense got going garbage time, which makes me feel very good about my Matt Ryan pick for most yards in the NFL. There <laughs> you it might is again. get them all in the third and fourth quarter when yeah. they're down 30. Uh, but Jamal Adams, when the game mattered, was really good. It was everywhere. He really – I mean, he's just um, – he's one of the best defensive players in football. And – I watched Seattle's offense on film versus Atlanta, so I'll be able to speak more truly to everything we saw there. But yeah. I didn't watch the defensive side yet. 
just looking on TV, and of course, I was keeping a pretty close lot, eye on this game because I, you know, I, I think Atlanta's talented, and mm-hmm. there was familiarity with the coaching staffs, and of course, I want to see Russell Wilson in Seattle. It does, it did look like Seattle did a few more things on defense. A few more things based around Jamal Adams and his talent where, you know, you hear me complain about, oh, it's always the Seattle scheme, the Seattle scheme, Seattle scheme. It seems like they went out the box just a little bit, and they don't need much. So here's from PFF. Yeah. Adams blitzed on 11 of 56 pass snaps. Man, they couldn't have had a safety blitz 11 times last year. He got four quarterback pressures, one sack, two quarterback hits, one hurry. He's, he's, he is truly one of the best non outside linebacker defense and rushers in football. He really is because he's got great understanding of timing and rhythm of the snap count, right? So he'll be sitting here and you think, oh, he's just coverage, it's coverage, and the quarterback going, blue 85, blue 85, and he's still sitting in coverage, and he knows right at the right time of when to, like, set, and he starts to go. Like, so he's got a great feel for that, which is instinctive and smart, and you study film, but then – I mean, he, he can accelerate in one's two steps. I mean, he can literally go from zero to 60 in the second step. And that surprises blitzers. Or think about if you're like a, an offensive tackle, right? And, okay, I got to get out here to get my defensive end because he's coming in a speed rush. But my rule is if somebody comes in underneath me, I got to get there to block him. Well, you take that first step because you're going, oh, here comes a pass rusher. And then you look over and you go, oh, man, Jamal Adams is coming and it's too late because he's just that explosive. That's where he's special that way. He's going to change their defense. Change their defense. Russell Wilson in what might be a changed offense Oh, baby! So they want to let Russ cook. You have a different saying. What's your saying? Let Uh, him be? Let him go. Let (laughs) Let him go. go. I got to think of a Russ song. I think I've gotten a Lamar song. It happened to me. I'm going to say Which is how they come about. Okay. They just come about with me being stupid. Can't be predetermined, right? They got to just happen. They no. Gotta come out of your mouth. No. And you know, I just I heard someone say dangerous, and I just I kind of went with that for Russell Wilson. Yeah, because there's this old um, flip mode squad, Busta Rhymes. So dangerous. Bust. So yeah. dangerous. I think I got to start doing that. So that's what you'll do yeah. now. For but Russ. I don't feel right when his wife is a singer. I don't know. There's yeah. a part of me that also thinks like. Maybe he should be Lionel Richie, and she's, uh, like, and she's a backup singer, and I can't emulate that. So that's what I envision sometimes. Just text her. Just text her and hash it out with her and see if she's okay with the song. Um, but they did. They let him cook. So he was, uh, what was he, 30? 31 of 35. 31 of 35, 322 yards, yeah. four touchdowns. And I saw this, too. I was looking at the next gen again. Right. I mean, the Falcons' secondary might not be that great because yeah. – of those 35 passes, exactly zero were into a tight window, which is what they classify as one yard. Only quarterback in the league this first week that didn't have one pass <coughs> into a tight window. So to his credit, these receivers were getting open. He used a lot of them. Nine different guys caught passes. They were open. Give credit to Russell for hitting them and give credit to the Seahawks for letting them throw it. That's right. Him, you know, <clears throat> Pete Carroll, Brian Schottenheimer, the offensive coordinator. Pete Carroll and Brian Schottenheimer, let's give them credit. They want to run the ball. Pete Carroll wants to run the ball and play defense. Brian Schottenheimer, that's his M.O. He's a great run game designer. So uh, I'm proud that they took a different approach. And you saw it right away. It it really, like, popped off the screen when you watched the film. It was a more aggressive pass-first offense. And then you talk about... You know, people being open. Certainly. It was, they had some great game plan plays, had a few screens that were great. 
also nobody understands that defense as well as they do. I mean, it's their defense. Yeah. Shit, it started in Seattle. Atlanta just brought it there. So they had a few cute ways to expose it. Greg Olson's touchdown, if anybody saw that, that was just a great, uh, we know the rules of your defense and your rule can't stop this. You're in trouble. And bam, touchdown. But I think it's changed their football team if they can continue to play that way. I still wish they would have a few more schemes in the past game that I liked. But with their talent and then Russ's talent and the talent at receiver, and if you just have an aggressive frame of mind and are willing to throw the ball more on first down, I, that might make up for their lack of like just crazy schemes. And uh, it, it put them in the driver's seat from, from pretty much get-go yesterday. Atlanta yeah. fought back, but then Seattle closed the door pretty quick. So in the first half, Wilson passed on 7 of 12 first down plays. That just, Ran himself two others. So yeah. they, were, they weren't straight runs. Many of the first down plays in the first half. So right out of the gates, they were throwing. That, it, it, it showed. It really did. And had some good play action passes. You know, they were aggressive what they thought of going down the field. Had some good play action screens off of it. And, you know, honestly, yeah, I just think this is going to make their team better. I think it's going to actually make their run game better, too. Sure. Because everybody goes into play in Seattle going, okay, we got to get ready for a physical in-between-the-tackles slugfest. And they kind of they usually appease you and just go, "Yep, you're right. Here you go." And then we'll ask Russ to make the play later. Uh, this it was the other way, other way around. And you know, with Lockett and Metcalf, Metcalf right? You know, they pose problems. You want to put eight people in the box like Atlanta was doing all the time? Well, fine. You're gonna have guys one on one out there. And they found Isaiah Oliver a number of times. They who, did. Who can't really run? You know, that's, a, that's they had Isaiah Oliver at the line. In kind of like that bump and run when he on had a fourth that, and five, right? When he had well, at least on the thirty-eight yard touchdown to Metcalf, where it appeared he had deep, you know, deep thirds, but he was right up there at the line trying to battle with him. He had no chance. No chance. Exactly right. DK Metcalf is in another stratosphere uh, as far as speed, size, all that's concerned. Isaiah Oliver is a good system zone corner. He yeah. can't match up and play man to man. And really, that was his zone coverage. But when you're playing bump like that. And you don't get back in time, you're you're going to be in trouble. And that was the fourth down. It was. Yeah. It was the fourth and five. It was fourteen to twelve. You felt like Seattle was controlling the game, but oh man, Atlanta's kind of hanging around there. And then he hits that play, and then that was it. That was game set match, really, yep. because the next the next drive, Atlanta faked the punt, and they got the first down, and the guy fumbled the punt. He fumbled the fake. Yeah. Seattle got the ball in the short field. They scored another touchdown a few plays after that, and that was night-night. Matt Ryan's going good. Those will be garbage time uh, yards for me. So he had 450, did Matt Ryan in the game. But good game for Russell Wilson. Great game for Jamal Adams in his new spot. Another player in his new spot, DeAndre Hopkins. He went off. He uh, went totally against what you've said, is that new players in new places are going to have trouble. He was maybe the one guy that really went off in a new spot. He did go off. Uh, didn't happen right away in the game. Early in the game, we didn't see him a ton. Right. Um, but, man, once the second quarter, second half hit, 14 catches, 151 yards for DeAndre Hopkins with Arizona, and they go to Santa Clara. They beat the 49ers by four. I mean, you got to – there aren't many teams right now in the NFL feeling better than the Arizona Cardinals right now. No, they're not. I mean, that was a huge win. And uh, as I, I, I said this a little this morning, Kyler Murray, he's, he's kind of the kryptonite for this 49ers defense. In fact, the way the Cardinals play in general, I think really causes problems for the 49ers. That's the one thing that jumped out to me after watching yesterday. You know, what's the greatness of the 49ers? That pass rush, 
doesn't really matter when you're playing Kyler Murray mm -hmm. or Cliff Kingsbury because he's got so many ways to throw the ball quick and get the ball out of his hands that the greatest asset the 49ers have kind of gets negated against Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. And then plus when you do get there or if you do fly upfield and get close, it leaves yourself vulnerable to pass, you know, running lanes to where, oh, there he goes up the middle, zing, 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 and it's like, oh, 25-yard touchdown run by the video game quarterback, Kyler Murray. Um, so that's where they really pose problems for them. And it goes into also, too, a little bit of where we've talked about this before, lack of real man-to-man -man corners in San Francisco that gives them issues here because now you have a good spread-out system. You know, the quarterback can run, and we don't really play man-to-man -man all that well. So we're going to play our zone, but this quarterback and play caller have a lot of plays to find five- and six-yard completions and move the ball that way. Either way, the 49ers blew this game still, too. They did. I mean, whether you want to talk about having a punt blocked, okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, again, in the NFL, you make some of these mistakes. I don't care who you are. You can be yeah. the best team against the worst team in football. But you it don't was early, it. but it was 10-0. Yeah. They were 10 up. 10-0, and, and next, you're looking like, yeah. uh-oh. They look like they might blow them out of the gym. Now it's 10-7. Yep. You know, 49ers get the ball, go all the way down the field. You think they're going to score a touchdown. They're fourth and one on the one. This great offensive line. There's no way they'll get, they get stopped. Get no points there. So here's a game where you've controlled, and you're only up 10-7. That's when life gets dangerous in the NFL. Well, especially when George Kittle gets hurt in the second half, didn't have a target after halftime, a team that already is depleted in the receiving options yep. here. Uh, so I think that really, really hurt their offense because he looked – Kittle looked good. He looked really in, good early. In and the plays that he had early. Well, definitely. You're exactly right. I mean, he popped off. You were like, oh, man. And, and – They can't stop him. No. They, they, and he's the only option. They still can't stop him. Exactly. That, that's the other thing, too, that I think we got to remember is, you know, the receivers were banged up going into the game. I guarantee Shanahan had a few extra plays in the playbook this week for George Kittle going, you know, I don't have Debo. You know, we're still trying to find the Emmanuel Sanders, mm -hmm. you know, replacement or whatever else. So let me give a few extra game plan plays to Kittle. And when he got out, I mean, he went, ooh, wow. Let alone their run game didn't work quite the way we usually expected to. Yeah. And what did that do? It, it went back to Jimmy Garoppolo again. And, you know, again, it's going to be the same type of questions. It really is. Hey, first off, I could sit here and go, I mean, you got Kittle hurt. It's a screen pass. You can't throw the ball 10 feet in the air. It's, it's behind the line of scrimmage. So he exposed Kittle there. Mm. And then there was a number of missed throws and missed moments uh, throughout the game. And, again, I need to go back and watch the film so I can really okay. pin it down because you I'm watching other that. games. But there was some moments even before the last drive where I went, oh, I mean, what's he doing? He should have hit that. Or he had that guy. Or what's he looking at? Let alone at the very end of the game. I mean, those last two throws, it's like Super Bowl repeat. Mm. The one down the right sideline in the back of the end zone, that's got to be a slam dunk touchdown. It's an out and up. He had Patrick Peterson beat by 10 yards. Yep. He threw a – Underthrew it. He tried to throw it. You got to be – just let it – you know, when you hear me say let it rip, right? Yeah. You know, throw it to his chest, but pretend you're going to drive it through his chest. Don't like – oh, I'm going to loft it up there and it's going to go 20 feet in the air and then just fall perfectly in his chest. I mean, Patrick Peterson runs 4-3. That's too much time. So that and then a crappy out route throw on fourth down, and then there where they were. They were in trouble in that yeah. game. Yeah, we, you should look, we should look a little bit more at Jimmy G because uh, Gobbledygook49 had yeah. a question about you know, how much of it is Jimmy G, how much of it is the poor wide receivers yeah. and, and all that stuff. And so 
But yeah, it did. There were some throws. You're just like, man, you're right. You, you can't. It just didn't look crisp. You can't have you it. You can't miss it. Whatever it is, and and I will. That'll be definitely a game I'm gonna deep dive uh, tomorrow or maybe later on today at some point. One thing that was good for the 49ers yeah. was a Raheem Mostert that 76 yard touchdown. He was the fastest ball carrier in the NFL. Ooh, he in can week fly one. by a mile an hour, like a 1.5 miles an hour. But that just that fast. I, I'm glad you brought up that play because that just accentuates the bigger picture of what we just said, though. I mean, you take away that play, and again, it's nice play by Jimmy. He read the play the right way. But that, as far as football and quarterbacks are concerned, that was one of the easier reads you're ever going to have. Sure. That play was made for that. And then, of course, you saw the throw. It was a seven-yard throw, and Raheem Monster ran you know, the other 69 yards or whatever that was. But you take away that, right? You got 18 for 32 for... 200, 150 yards. Yeah. I think that just kind of says it. So there's work to be done in that drop back pass offense. I think that's the big question I got with the 49ers. It's just if that run game and Shanahan's magic's not working, can their drop back pass offense, you know, make up for it? And I think that's, uh, that's a real question for them going forward. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait but marines will always be there they are the constant in the chaos no matter the battlefield marines adapt to win defeating every shifting threat protecting our nation's future the few the proud the marines want to make mom's day get to your nordstrom rack now and score amazing deals for mother's day which is sunday may 12th Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Sunday Night Football last night, Dallas Cowboys, L.A. Rams. Rams get the win. Huge win for Sean McVay. Uh, 20 to 17, but our damn okay is Alden Smith. Oof. Alden Smith coming back. 11 tackles, one sack, two quarterback hits after basically being out of football for what has it almost been? Five years now? Is that how long it's I been? I mean, damn. Like, what? That was insane. It just shows you what a beast of a specimen he is. Uh, and if you ever saw him in person, you'd understand it. I mean, he really is. He's, he's got a. You know, a Julius Peppers type look where you go on the field and you're like, man, that's Alden Smith. Okay, okay, now I understand why nobody can block him. I mean, he has that kind of body. And it just tells you to be able to do that, not play football that long, be able to be that physically dominant and still move the way he moved. He had Hall of Fame talent, you know, and hopefully he can capitalize on this, like, second rebirth there. But, yeah, it was fun yeah. to watch. He played 54 of 73 defensive snaps, according to PFF. That was the most of any Cowboys defensive lineman. So that was really good. Wasn't enough to get a win. No. Although, some people thought maybe the Cowboys should have been in field goal range at the end of the game. Sims homies, at Sims homies, shout out, 
uh, asks, seeing a lot of people talking about that PI on Gallup, calling the PI review to come back. This is a terrible idea, correct? Well, I think it is. Yeah, they're not gonna. They're, they would not have overturned that. I don't if think there so. Was review. I, I mean, listen. I, I, again, if they're not gonna call that on the offensive players, then then defense is never gonna stop anybody in football. I agree. I mean, there were a lot of people that thought Jalen Ramsey was acting it up, but I mean, there was an arm there, and there. You, and there was a clear this. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I that's the type of like. I, I know it doesn't look egregious, and people want more of like, but. These are very strong, pound-for-pound human beings. I mean, very strong. Like and when Mike, you're running, the slight – I mean, it doesn't take much no, when you're running to exactly throw you off right, stride. Right. So there they are. They're both running 4-3. One guy puts his arm into another guy's chest. That guy just whoa, went to 4-5. Yeah. And why he did that, he catapulted himself to go faster and go 4-2. No. That was pass interference all day long. I thought it was in real time when I saw the ball go in the air. I went, ooh, he pushed off. When I saw the flag, as soon as the flag came out, I go, they're going to call offensive pass interference here. You know, if it all stayed with just hand fighting, hand fighting, hand fighting, then he caught it, I don't think anything gets called. But it was hand fighting, hand fighting, extend arm into your shoulder, push away. To me, that, that's P.I. Yeah, and I think if a defensive player does that to an offensive player, I think it's a slam dunk. Well, it's not even defensive close. Defensive pass Right, right. Yeah. I, I agree, I agree yeah. with you on that one. So what do, you think of the, what do you think of the Rams? Um, there's a lot of short passing game. Jared got, so what was different? You've talked about that last yeah. year, how yeah. Sean McVay, they got a little predictable. Right. They needed to do something different. Did they in this game? I, they did. I think you saw more two tight end sets, more of a – whether it was a fullback or the tight end acting as a fullback, got in some different formations. To your point, Sean McVay won the game. They won the game. I mean, I think you could sit there and go, no, Dallas probably was the more talented team on the football field. But Sean McVay's, what did you just say? Goff, Goff didn't throw the ball down the field. I mean, really, other than one or two throws, everything was Sean McVay special. Oh, it, oh, it, oh it, there's a guy open. Oh, here's a screen. Oh, there's another screen. Oh, here's a fake screen screen over here. Here's a pick play to get the ball four yards. I mean, it was just all Sean McVay specials that way. So between that, the pace of what they call the plays, everything like that, yeah, Dallas was handicapped. And Sean, and the one thing I'll say about Sean, he stays patient with that run. He ain't going to give up on it. And when I really give him credit, it does, because it sets up everything for their offense off of it. Those screens, the play-action passes, the bootlegs. You know, he is looks like he's found a new little method. And I, I'm, I will break that game down, too to get a little more nuance, yeah. but it looked like they got away from so much 11 personnel. They saw a few different run schemes, and I, feel, I thought I saw a few different play action, bootleg schemes like that, too, to go along with it, where I went, all right, it does, they don't need much. Mm-hmm. They just need a little something more just to give them some other element of their offense. Yeah, Malcolm Brown looked good. Yep. 18 carries, 79 yards, couple touchdowns. His longest rush Runs was hard. 12 yards. So that was a lot of yeah. good chunk plays there for Malcolm Brown. I, I do think it was interesting with the running backs because there is a, a new stat out there that they're trying to look at. And who knows if it's going to work because um, some of these stats are wonky, the next gen, the tracking stats. But yeah. they have this rushes um, – rushing gains more than expected. So they kind of Ooh. look at where the players are, right. and they say, how many would a normal running back get against a normal defense, and how many did you get? All right, so, so who are you about to hit on here? What running back? Zeke and Cam Akers, okay. both. Okay. So Zeke. Zeke can, looked like he had a good night to it me. It was good, okay. yeah. He had 59% of rushes gaining more than expected. Yeah. Third best in the NFL yeah. week one. So that passes the eye test. Definitely. That one checks out. Yeah. Cam Akers, on the other hand, just 7% of his 14 rushes were over 
expected. That was worse than the NFL. Yeah. So that's something to watch there. Yeah. But for, for Zeke especially, it looked like he, you know, who knows, first game back and no preseason, maybe that helped Zeke. It looked like he had an extra gear. You saw it, right? I mean, you saw it. I mean, definitely. Uh, extra gear, you know, hitting the hole, I think, at a different speed than what I saw last year. But the big thing is when he got out in space, he was angry. And it was like, put the pedal to the metal as soon as I get the ball. And that's where he's at his best because, first off, DBs, small linebackers, man, you don't want to tackle Ezekiel. He brings it. Yeah. I mean, he really does. And so when he starts running with that kind of ferociousness and intensity, what it does, too, is it makes him a better open field runner because they always brace themselves like, oh, I got to get ready. He's going to hit me. And then it's, oh, he made a move and I bear Oh, he's gone. Oh, God, darn it. And I just thought there were some moments last night where I, I thought he made – some runs out of nothing or got more yards than he should have, like the stat is saying. And I, I noticed it. I really did. I thought like he looked more like the guy I wanted to see than the guy last year who I felt like left yards on the field. So we'll keep it in the uh, NFC East conversation here with the Cowboys going 0-1. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't impressed with the offense either in Dallas, all okay. just overall. All right. Uh, Eagles, I'm sure you weren't impressed with them either because they lost to Washington 27-17. Per points bet, this is the new official sports betting partner of NBC Sports. Washington was plus 2,000 to win the NFC East last week. They're already up to plus 700. A lot of money coming in on the football team right now. Wow. To win the, uh, or at least the chances are getting better. Our damn okay for Washington goes to Ryan Kerrigan in that defensive line. What? Uh, eight sacks, most in a game since 2014. Carson Wentz got sacked eight times. Yeah, I, I mean... You know, insane defensive line. Five first-round picks. You see, I mean, you could see Chase Young and his presence right away. You know, Kerrigan, of course, yes, we know what type of football player he is. I mean, it's just amazing the depth and talent they have right there. It's a, it's a special, special front they have. And, you know, if they can make teams one-dimensional, which I don't know if I'll sit here and tell you they made – Philadelphia one-dimensional. Philadelphia just decided to go back to, like, let's just throw it every play. And Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz, Mm. Carson Wentz. And at some point, like, they got to save themselves for that. This is another game like Jacksonville, I would just tell you. And, again, I haven't watched the film, but just watching, they had no business winning this game. None. None. If if Philadelphia would have just been content and going – Okay, we're up 17 nothing. We got it. We're going to manage the game now just to win. Mm-hmm. They would have won 20 to 10, something like that. But instead, it was still all aggressive, aggressive. That's what frustrates me about Philadelphia at times. It's always aggressive. It's always go for it on fourth down. It's always, you know, it's always that. And it comes back to bite them in the ass. I mean, they went for it on a fourth down one time, gave, the, gave Washington the short field. You know, and then of course Carson Wentz interceptions, like Philip Rivers too. You just you gotta have a feel for the game and the team you're playing against. You know, that's something John Gruden really used to teach me a lot too. You know, see the big picture of the game. Yeah, we went in here thinking we were gonna throw for 400 yards and do all those things, but it's been a quarter now, and you're realizing, whoa, that team can't move the ball that well, and whoa. We might not get 400 yards thrown today. This defense is a little bit better. You have to reevaluate the game on the fly. It's part of being a quarterback to go, wait, if I, I take care of the ball, I don't know if that offense can really go down the field 80 yards on our team all day long. And what did they do? They never made them do it. Mm. Two interceptions set up short fields. 
you know, the fake, the missed fourth down set up another short field for them to get in field goal range. So, uh, really, Philadelphia is going to have themselves to blame. And when you don't have a healthy offensive line, does it make sense to go, wait, one of the only ways we can lose is by their defensive line ruining the game, so let's let them have that opportunity? They're like, let, let's, hey, we're going to increase your chances to maybe come back and win. We're going to throw it every time. Mm-hmm. I mean, does that, that, does, that doesn't make, like New England wouldn't do that. New England would be like, okay, we're going to run the ball. You know, Tom's going to throw the ball three feet, and we're, never, we're not going to let the strong part of their team win the game for them. Uh, so that, yeah, that even up 17 nothing, you figure you'd lean on the running game a little they never bit did. more. Nine carries was the most for anyone. It was Boston Scott, and he had 35 yards. He didn't run it. That to they me is, ran. I don't understand that. Threw it 42 that. times. I don't understand that. I actually threw it 42 times, tried to throw it 50, 50 times. times. Right, exactly. Didn't get up there. Exactly. Uh, so they lose. Washington football team gets the, uh, the victory, and it's time for us to do some victory. Victory lap time. Oh, baby. The part of the show where, you know, you wouldn't have brought this up on your own, but I'm here as a good friend. Hey, thanks, friend. To give you a victory lap thanks, here. Thanks, friend. And I'll give you a victory lap on for your years of support of Josh Allen. He looked really good. Now, the Jets' defense, you know, maybe I could look good. You know, on a good day. Not every day, but maybe I could look good against them every once in a while. 312 passing yards, two touchdowns, 57 rush yards, one rushing TV. Uh, Bill's vigilante says, I want to see a lot of Josh Allen coverage tomorrow. Take your victory lap. So maybe we stole the idea for victory lap from uh, Bill's vigilante, but... He was doing it with his legs, with his and, – and as a passer, that's always the question, right? Can he be an accurate passer? Right. What would you see? Uh, I mean, I, I thought you saw a different Josh Allen. I mean, I thought you saw a lot of high-level, like, intermediate throws where you went, ooh, this is a tight window, and he put it on the money. So we'll see if he can continue to stay consistent with that. But, again, I think it's another – here we go. You saw a lot there to go, the guy's got super superstar talent. He really does. I mean, it's, it's special. Is it still a little raw? You know, do, yes, I know it's not perfect. You know, again, there's another guy I just like to pull the reins back a little bit every now and then and just be like, oh, don't do that. You know, don't, don't try to jump over the defense end and get flipped and fumble the football. Just, it's over. Go down. Save yourself. You're more important to the team. Don't, you know, don't turn the ball over that way. No, it's not perfect. But, man, their offense is so dangerous because of him. And his ability to run the ball his ability to make plays off, the, off schedule when he scrambles, and Brian Dayball's got a good system. You know, he did. And he went kind of like New England, where he probably went, man, this is week one. I'm just going to get off the schneid. So we might run Josh Allen a little bit more, and we'll use it as a decoy from here on out. But I think between that and, you know, you see Diggs and what he brings to the offense, Brown, Beasley, it's a great combination. And then I like their tight end, too. Yeah, watch out. I mean, if he could play like this, the Bills are going to be a real force in the AFC. And then, you know, just the flip side real quick with the Jets. Yeah, how much trouble are they in? Well, yeah, they're in trouble. they got a tough start of the schedule. And as you saw yesterday, there's no playmakers on offense. There's none. You know, I don't know what else to say. Jamison Crowder is going to have a whole lot of catches and do some good things and do all that. But he's not like a game-breaker, change-the-other-team's-game-plan type of thing. So yeah, the speed on that long touchdown. He does got speed. There's no doubt. I know, I no doubt. But he's just not the guy you're going to line up outside and be like, hey, they're man-to-man. It's Jalen Ramsey. Can you run by him for us? Yeah. Like, that's not his game. He's, right. he's more of a slot kind of receiver. Um, 
there, there, there are two organizations that are in totally two different spots. I think that's really the big picture. Josh Allen's got support around him. He's got a really awesome defense. And he's got offensive talent around him, too. The Jets are in a rebuild right now. And it's, it's the first year of that rebuild, really, if, you just gave, if I had to give you my assessment. Yeah. So, yep. yeah. They uh, go 0-1, Josh Allen, huge one, another Josh. Let's take a victory lap. With Josh Jacobs, 25 rushes, 93 yards, three touchdowns. Yeah. Then he had uh, four catches for 46 yards. And so he was, he was a lot of the offense for the Vegas Raiders. Um, and then this is what you said, Chris. Back in August, this is August 10th, quote, I saw John Gruden at the Combine, and he said, quote, this is the year Jacobs will be ready for the pass game. Yeah. And so you knew it was coming. And we saw it. Yeah, we saw it. Yeah, he's going to – I think it's only going to get better, too. I really do. Because now he's put something on film. He had some success. Gruden's going to go, oh, okay, I could trust the guy when a game – a real game situation. Derek Carr's going to like it, you know. And they'll be able to play off of it and some of the things he does that way, too. But, um, yeah, he's a special football player. You know what and, Gruden said he compared him to? Did you hear that? No, what person? He goes, that was a little bit like Walter Payton used to play. Ooh, he wow. goes, it was hot as hell. He got beat up early. He insisted coming back, and he insisted on getting the ball as a runner and receiver. He's yeah. special. Yeah, he is. He's special. I mean, because he, he can make you miss and make you look silly. He can run you over. You know, he's got enough speed to bounce it around the corner and do all those type of things. So, yeah, that was a good start for them and a big win for the Raiders. You know, yeah. that was a tricky game. Yeah, we all expect them to beat the Carolina Panthers, but you don't know what to expect from the Carolina Panthers. You're at a handicap sometimes. Carolina came back. They did. Moved the ball well. Teddy played well. You see they got some weapons on offense. They're a little scary that way. The big questions about both of these teams is their defenses. I think that's all there is to it. Both are very young, and both lack, you know, a game changer. And I think that's why you saw both teams kind of hanging around with a lead change. Because, like, no defensive player is a standout to make a play to go, oh, we got a sack fumble or I got a pick six to finally take that possession away. And now we're up by 14 and we can take a breather a little bit. No, that didn't happen because there's, there is lack of those type of guys on both of those teams. It's time for Give Me the Headlines presented by Hyundai. Oh, look at this. So Hyundai wants us to give some headlines for a couple of games here. We will oblige, of course. Gladly. Uh, first one, we got Baltimore defeating Cleveland 38-6. to 38-6 was the final score. Chris, do you have a headline for this game? Oh, man. The finished product is so polished, okay? <laughs> okay. And that's what I mean by Lamar Jackson. Oh, yeah. Because, oh, good thing we didn't move him to wide receiver because, again, we saw another – Another step of growth for Lamar Jackson in the pass game yesterday. You know, one of the things we've, we've talked about for the last year is, oh, when Baltimore can't run the ball, can Lamar Jackson in that pass game carry that offense? Well, you know, they might have been able to run the ball more than they want or, or did yesterday, mm-hmm. but I think they wanted to throw the football a little bit. And holy cow did Lamar Jackson make a lot of unbelievable throws in that game. I mean, not just like, oh, whoa, there's Hollywood Brown, 50-yard bomb, he's wide open. No. When I talk about I'm wowed out by, like, a, a quarterback and his throwing, holy cow that he makes so many throws into tight windows from different, you know, delivery points with his arm on the run. You know, oh, wait, the guy's not even out of his break yet. Let me throw it because I'm about to get hit. Bam, on the money. He's just – he's special. Everything he does – 
You know, the, he is, they have formulated the proper system around him and he makes the system better. And of course the system makes him better. But I think that's the thing I was blown away by. I really was. There was some unbelievable high level, like, whoa, that's, that's, that's a tight window. Damn, it's on the money. I mean, the touchdown pass to Willie Sneed, he throws like a crossing route. They got a guy in front of him and a guy behind him. He put it in the perfect spot. The touchdown to Mark Andrews, the second one, was like a little, it's just a go route. And the coverage was kind of inside, and he read it on the go, and he was like, wait, he, I'm going to stop him from going in there. There's people in there. Let me just stop him and put it on his shoulder. Bam, outside shoulder, perfect strike, touchdown. They ran the Kansas City two-jet wasp. You know the two-jet wasp, the Tyree Kill? Went to two, no, I don't they, know. That. You know the Tyree Kill play in the San Francisco Super Bowl, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bowl, that right? was two-jet wasp. That was two, they ran two-jet wasp. Now, why? To Hollywood Brown? To Hollywood Brown, that deep corner route, right? 37-yard gain. Yep. I remember, yeah. That was two jet wasps. They did it a little different way. But again, Joe Woods, defense coordinator from the Browns, came from San Francisco. Same coverage. Hmm. They're playing it. Baltimore used a little play-action pass, but it was the same concept. Here goes Hollywood Brown, deep post slash cross, whatever that is. The outside receiver is going to run the in cut. The corner doesn't think that guy, Hollywood Brown, is going to come back out. So he collapses on the in cut, and it's cover three zone. He's got to be back there. Yeah. So it just shows you that they go, well, Mahomes can do it. Lamar can do it. He can make that kind of throw. He we did. Can, and we have Hollywood who can run almost as fast as Tyreek Hill. So uh, I just was so impressed with the polish of the passing game. Yeah, and you notice that the, I mean, the play action gives him more time. And also, I feel like Lamar will get more time. One, because he can scramble back there. Yeah. Two, because they have a good offensive line. Right. And three, because the, the defense, you're, you don't want to over-pursue, too. And so you're going to get more time if you're Exactly. Lamar. You're exactly right. It's like what we just talked about with the 49ers and Kyler Murray. He handcuffs you because you're worried about, like, wait, I want to rush and go after the guy, but if I go crazy and miss, I'm going to yeah. leave a 12-foot hole and then forget about it. One of the things I wrote in my notes was, like, what the hell is Cleveland's pass rush doing? How many times are we going to run by him and then just let the Red Sea part to where he can run wherever he can run? And, uh, no, that was a good observation by you. Average completion for Lamar Jackson. The ball traveled 10 yards in the air, tied for first in the Ooh. NFL in week one. So oh. he's throwing the ball down the okay, field. Okay, hold on. Who was he tied for first with? I, do you know that? I do know you that. You do know that? You yeah. have that? St- All right, hold on. Can I just look real quick? Yeah, or? it's not. That, it won't be that satisfying. Though, no? Because it was some garbage time. Oh, it was there. It was Matt Ryan again. No, no, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. Yeah, Ugh, he yeah. had a couple. You know, late yeah. Adam Thielen. Yeah, down yeah, that's, the field. that's that shouldn't even can be compared. It shouldn't be compared. No, I'm, I'm, right. I'm mad you brought it up. I'm <laughs> mad at you for bringing that up. Um, but the Browns. See, here was my headline for the game. Let me hear it. Uh, Browns make 2020 normal again. So it was like, okay, that's all we wanted. We just wanted it to be you know, like good normal one. again. So I like is, that. They've done that. I, I I really do like that. That's really good. They didn't look good. They no. didn't look good. No. It was the Ravens. I mean, good. Yes. Good team, obviously, but they didn't look good. No, they did not look good. They were overmatched. Their defense, which I know has some talent. Yeah, they were overmatched by you're worried about the run game. Oh, no, they got J.K. Dobbins now. And then when Lamar throws the ball like that, I mean, forget about it. I mean, you, you can bring back the 85 Bears. It's going to be tough to stop that Ravens team, all right? But then I think the other thing that I'm, you know, the Browns, and I want to watch this. I haven't watched the Browns offense yet, but a little bit like we said with Minnesota. You know, I just worry that there's not enough offense. That's mm. what I worry about. This is what I worried about with Minnesota last year. I always said it. If you can't run the ball, is there enough other stuff to move the ball. And I'm not sure Kubiak and Stefanski have that. So we'll, we'll see where this goes from here. One more game to give the headline to. 
Man, I had a hard time with this headline. We got the Chargers beating the Bengals 16-13. to You want me to give you my headline yeah, first? Yeah, you go first this time. Uh, I went with Bengals Bungle Burrow's Beginning. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You were, that's impressive. It came to me pretty quickly. I don't know how it Can happened. Can you say it again? Yeah, Bengals Bungle. Oh, you're bungle. reading it, though. That's I'm not reading fair. it. I, don't, yeah, I, I, I have a bad memory. <laughs> um, but they, they did. I mean, they really – it was – I don't think he, Burrow, like, it wasn't like he was like this all-time great quarterback in game number one, but he made enough big plays down the stretch. Also had that interception on the shovel pass to Ingram. Um, what, what's your headline then? I mean, I, I, I want to do something around Joe. I mean, yeah. that's where I want to go, like, not your average Joe. Right. Or I think what he really showed me is his Joe coolness. That's really what he did. Sure. Again, the one thing I'm amazed by with Joe Burrow is the way he handles himself, and then when there's chaos around him on the field – he is always calm and cool and collected. And he was under duress for moments of this game. It's not going to really say it with, like, sacks that the Chargers got. Yeah. But his ability to be smart, get the ball out of his hands before he's going to get sacked or make somebody miss, I mean, it really kept them out of a lot of big situ- or bad situations on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, A.J. Green said, he goes, uh, man, that guy didn't flinch. Right. The way he handled himself on that last drive was unbelievable. We got a special one in Joe. There's your headline. We got a special one in that, Joe. That's why I went with Joe Cool, because I don't yeah. care how the game ended up, right? I know they lost. Yep. He was cool and calm that last drive. I mean, he really was. When I got home and I watched it back, I was like, wow. I mean, you know, high-level throws, the right decisions, got unlucky with A.J. Green pushing off. That was pass interference, so I, you got to call that. Or we'll never have defense in football. Um, And then you miss a chip shot field goal. Mm -hmm. But, again, they're a work in progress. But I like his game. I really do. And I know he missed a few throws and had the shovel pass that got intercepted where, you know, I heard him talk. He said he saw Melvin Ingram. He just tried to squeeze it in there. Hey, he's a rookie. He's not perfect. But I I think that's a good start for him. And I don't want to give takeaway credit from the Chargers. I think you're going to see a lot of games like this from the Chargers this year. This is the way they want to play right here. It's, they lost Drew Tranquil in the game. Uh, they already lost Derwin James yep. in the, before the season began. And I watched Tyrod Taylor, too, and you know me. I covered him in high school, and I'm right. a big Tyrod Taylor fan. I get it. And I want him to be able to take that next step on being able to make the big plays. There were a couple yeah. who used his legs. And we're like, wow, this is right. what Tyrod can do. I just don't know if there's going to be enough of them. You're right. Most of these games might be close for the Chargers yes. relying on their defense. Yeah, I think, I think so. And I think that's the way Anthony Lynn wants to play. It's part of the reason I think he – Wanted Tyrod Taylor to be the starter. He went, oh, all right, I've seen enough of this Phillip Rivers turnover. We're going to throw the ball, all this stuff. Let me run the ball because that's what his specialty is, Anthony Lynn. And Tyrod Taylor takes care of the football. And as you could see yesterday, I mean, that defense is damn good. Eckler had 84 yards. Yeah. And Kelly had 60. That's, that's what I mean. I think that's what they're going to pound the rock. I think they're going to stay very patient with the run game and, and go off of that. That was Give Me the Headlines presented by Hyundai. Well done, Chris. Thank you, uh, thank you. We'll save my, my uh, way too early uh, top pick power rankings for Wednesday. What okay. if we do that? Okay, right? cool. We'll do that sure. Wednesday. But, yeah, because we got through all the games. We did it, right? We got through all the games, and it will be like a nugget. You know what that is? That's a tease. Ooh, and you know <laughs> I love when you tease me. Now, the thing is, with a tease, the dangerous part is you have to remember to do it then. Yeah. Like, sometimes that well, happens where we tease something, and then we forget to I'm do gonna, it. I'm going to remember. I go, oh, yeah, that's right. I have to do that. Yeah, yeah, we'll uh, do that. Well, though, we got through every game. That was Way good. Way to go. We got two tonight, Giants, Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. Got Denver, Tennessee. Who are you liking those games? Who are you so taking? I like Steelers. Yep. Yeah, they're my Super Bowl team. Yeah, that's right. Steelers that's are right. my Super Bowl team, so I think they get off to a few people picked the Steelers this weekend, I saw. People I would trust. Really? Yeah. Ooh. Bill Cowher picked them. 
Like, to I win the Super Bowl. He, he picked him to no. go to the Super Bowl. I don't okay. know if he went. And there was another one that I I want to say maybe Howie Long, somebody there that I saw. I went, oh, he went with the Steelers too. Uh, Tony Dungy. Yeah. That's his kind of like sleeper Super Bowl team. So you're so in So you good heard company. me say it and you're like, okay, that's kind of weird. Now you're starting to think that maybe I wasn't too weird <laughs> after all. I'm excited to watch them in Big Ben tonight. And then you got the Titans and Broncos after that, which uh, has been changed because of Novon Miller. But yeah. I think that could be sneaky good too. I yeah. do. I think you, be close. So who are you taking? I'm going Tennessee and Pittsburgh. I am. Uh, my scores, just to uh, throw them out there because I. I'll just I'll let you know just what they are here. Here I go. I think I went um, Titans 23-17, Steelers 30-20. Okay. Okay. I'll go Steelers and I'll go Broncos. You're going to go Broncos? I think Broncos get the win. Okay, cool. They're at home. Yeah. Real quick, do you home. think the home – what do you think? Home and away, that stuff. You it doesn't it mean matters? anything. No, it doesn't it mean anything. nothing. It's going to be weird this year. It yeah. is. And I, the more I sat there and watched too, I just kept going, man, the good quarterbacks – with if they just have a halfway decent offensive line, have just a great advantage this year. Can call out more stuff. Can call out more stuff. There's no chaos. Hey, noise adds to chaos and communication failures. And, you know, maybe you even think unclearly at times because it's so loud or whatever else. Now there's none of that. The offensive line's always communicating properly. The defensive line's not getting a jump at the line of scrimmage. And it's all, to me favors the great quarterbacks and the offensive lines that way to where they're just there's nothing to rattle them. This won't rattle. Let's go. This will Clap it up. I don't have this to rattle. That's how we do it, baby. Well done. Hour okay. 30, week one. I think we got 30? more than an hour 30. Yeah. All right, peace out. We'll be back on Wednesday. You know we got more deep dives and a lot of other crap we're going to talk about. And when I say crap, I mean good football good stuff. Crap. Just so you know that. Good <laughs> crap if there's such a thing. Ahmed Farid, say goodbye. Peace out. Peace out. We'll talk to you. We'll see you Wednesday. See ya. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.